G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch, welcome along to 2020. Hi Bill. Great to be with you again. Well Bill, we're finally here and it's been a long process to get to the election tomorrow. Uh, Bill, you've been thinking deeply about some of the issues that ordinary people don't ordinarily think about, uh, the sorts of things that are a little deeper because a lot of people, particularly in a very secularized nation, think of politicians as almost the saviors who will be elected. They're going to save us from all of the evil, bad things in the world and perhaps economics will be the thing that keeps us out of trouble. But politics, uh, it's important, but politics has its place. Yeah, well, that's right. Uh, Obviously, the older you get, the more elections you go through and... uh, after a while, you learn a few lessons, and uh, I suppose one lesson you learn is that uh, a particular election is probably not going to save uh, save a nation or, you know, turn things into utopia and solve all of our problems. Uh, you know, it's uh, you can often have real choices in an election, and you can have some better or some worse results, but... At the end of the day, politics does not save. Now, um, as with all biblical truths, we have to avoid extremes. There's always a balance. So on the one hand, we recognize that a a politician or a political party or a political platform is not going to ultimately save a nation and make everything sweetness and light. But in, uh, on the other hand, uh, obviously we have a responsibility as believers to be involved in the political process. God created the institution of the state, just as he did. He created the institution of the church. So God really does ex- expect the Christian to be involved in both. So pulling out of politics altogether and kind of wiping your hands of all things political is not the way to go for the believer. But then again, expecting politics to, uh, you know, bring in the you, bring in the millennium or bring in the kingdom—that's not going to happen either. So we have to be realistic, and find that biblical balance about the place and importance of elections and politics. Bill, let's talk some more about this idea of church and state. And uh, when you say that God created the institution of the state as well as the church, that sometimes we think about that whole uh, argument of church and state separate and somehow or other, if you're going to talk about Christian things, spiritual things, that somehow or other you are uh, sidelined to talk about those things within the bounds of church life only. And what happens in the state? Well, that's all secular and uh, and the way that uh, that people will uh, vote, the, uh, the, the movements of of uh, public opinion, uh, uh, the way that things might change, somehow or other separate from God. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, tell me, tell me your thoughts on on God's creation of the state as well as the church, and uh, and our, our our challenge to be involved in both. Yeah, well, look, it's a very good point. Um, 
obviously for the believer, there's, uh, as we just said, extremes to avoid. The idea that we're just uh, autonomous individuals with no social obligations. Uh, well, Jesus made that clear in the second great commandment, loving your neighbor as yourself. Uh, so that means we're social creatures, and part of the way God deals with a society of individuals in a fallen world is by means of the state. Uh, well, we read all about it in Romans 13, for example, uh, to punish evil, to keep a modicum of justice and law and order, to, uh, you know, see uh, good values and uh, evil at least constrained to some extent. Uh, God did set up the state in a fallen world, so he expects us to make use of the state, the political arena, and again, realizing its limitations. It will not save us, it will not bring us into the kingdom or unleash the kingdom on earth, but on the other hand, God expects us to be uh, citizens of at least two kingdoms, the earthly and the heavenly. We have a eternal future, of course, that we long for, but we have a role to play here on planet earth right now, and that includes the world that God made. So that includes the social, the political, the economic, the cultural. That's all part of how we live out our Christian life in this world. We don't live in a little cave, or at least we shouldn't. We should be uh, engaged in the various spheres of life and seek to let the Lordship of Christ extend to all those areas, be salt and light in each of those areas, instead of pulling away and letting uh, the bad guys, if you will, take over, uh, we have a role to play. We have obligations here as well. We won't save the day by getting, say, Christians in politics, but we can at least have a godly influence, and that's important. So uh, we need to take seriously the responsibilities God has given us as citizens of two different kingdoms, and in this case, on Saturday, vote wisely. Let's talk about love for a few moments, uh, because you can sometimes, when you're thinking through a definition of love, uh, think that as Christians have a practical way of outworking that love, that somehow or other that is uh, extending a hand to the poor, to mm -hmm. the widows, to the orphans. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes we don't think of that love as being a protective love, but in a sense, isn't this this the case, Bill, that uh, that love also has an engagement uh, and love actually wants the best outcome for those uh, widows and those orphans and for the next generation of children, of adults. And so uh, engagement with politics actually is a loving pursuit. Mm. Well, absolutely right. As we just mentioned, the uh, great commandment, loving God with your whole being, was instantly followed up by Jesus with love of neighbor. So, uh, again, unless we live in an isolated cave somewhere where we have no contact with other people, we are social creatures. God made us this way, and uh, part of that social relational uh, outworking is through the political arena, and some political parties and policies will be more conducive to some of these areas, how we help the poor, how, how we help the marginalized, and so on. So their economic and other policies will be something you'd want to look at. So, too, we know as Christians, obviously, the greatest good, the greatest thing we can do to love your neighbor 
is to give them the truth of the gospel. So obviously at an election like this, we'd want to look closely at the parties in terms of what they do with religious freedom. We already know, for example, that uh, some of the parties, uh, the more left-wing parties, are they don't have a good record of uh, religious freedom. In fact, they have made it clear they will be clamping down more on religious freedom. They'll be taking away some of our freedoms, not just to proclaim the gospel, but to uphold biblical truths in public. For example, marriage is between a union of a man and a woman. Uh, the Greens have made it quite clear that they're going to be pushing for, uh, uh, and labor, uh, pushing for things like a watchdog to keep an eye on homosexual issues. What does that mean? Well, are they going to start monitoring uh, sermons and churches or looking at what Christian schools are saying about issues of sexuality and so on? So this all ties in, again, with the Saturday election. If we want to have the freedom to not just share the gospel, but to stand up in public proclaiming biblical truths about the things that matter, well, some parties are more open to religious freedom, and sadly, some are uh, not very friendly when it comes to religious freedom. So this all gets back to love of God and love of neighbor. We'll be talking about this election and the importance of it and discussing the idea that it's a watershed moment uh, in Australian history. And people are talking about the importance of this election, especially Christians, uh, saying it's the most important election in a generation. Well, Bill, we've talked before about issues of uh, people getting the leaders they deserve. Mm. And uh, we've reflected on that sort of thing insofar as uh, what's happening in the U.S. uh, with Mm. elections there at the end of the year and looking at the potential uh, new president in the United States. But in Australia, when we reflect on getting the leaders that we deserve... Uh, how do we how do we understand that that type of uh, understanding by means of uh, blessing by means of judgment mm. on a nation? Uh, yeah. Does this sometimes come through the leaders that we elect? Well, I think it does. We certainly get that clearly taught, say in the Old Testament, when we see how God raises up various leaders or takes them down. Sometimes they're godly leaders used to bless uh, a nation or nations, but sometimes He'll in fact raise up. Uh, and even an evil uh, ruler to bring judgment. Uh, For example, classic case, Isaiah 10. God raises up the evil nation of Assyria uh, for what reason? To actually judge his own people, to judge the nation of Israel. They were so steeped in sin that God, in fact, used a pagan nation to uh, bring judgment to his own people. Of course, later in that chapter, we read about how God will, in turn, judge Assyria, so they don't get off scot-free. They're still held accountable, but God can work either way. Uh, In America, as you mentioned, we have, in the eyes of many, a couple of choices that a lot of people are not very thrilled with, and some some are saying, you know, is this perhaps the judgment of God in some ways, where we're uh, a genuine choice is being taken away, and we're getting a couple of candidates, neither one are very... uh, very uh, worthwhile running with from a Christian point of view. Of course, here in Australia, things are a bit different. We don't vote for the leader directly as we do in America. I mean, unless you live in the electorate, right, of Turnbull or Shorten, you're really voting for the party or your local candidates. So things are a bit different here. 
for example, it's possible on Saturday that Turnbull might lose his seat while the coalition gets in. So a bit different from the U.S. scene, but still, uh, I think God is still, um, as you've just said, this is a crucial election. God is giving us a chance to uh, still stand strong for Christian values. Bill Shorten said the very first thing he would do if he's elected will get homosexual marriage forced upon the nation. And that will have all the resulting uh, ramifications of a loss of religious freedom, as it always does when it goes through. So uh, it's a pretty clear-cut battle on some very key issues. So we really have to take this one uh, fairly responsibly and seriously and prayerfully. Bill, the idea of I like the look of that candidate uh, as opposed to I lo- don't like the look of another one, mm. the uh, the sort of ways that we make decisions about people, yeah. uh, oftentimes on you know what they said last that impressed me or they said something and made me laugh or I like his yeah. smile, I don't like his, uh, yeah. uh, the, these sorts of things. Uh, they can be superficial, but yeah. there are some deeper character issues that, as a Christian, you're more interested in seeing. Uh, mm-hmm. How important is it, do you think, uh, that we look a little deeper than uh, than the nice glossy brochures or the? Uh, I mean, the TV ads are finished now, but but character issues. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, how important is it to look at character issues? Yeah, well, obviously from. Uh, uh a kingdom point of view, it's absolutely vital. I mean, even way back in, what, the book of Samuel, when uh, there's a choice between, uh, you know, Saul or David and others, and, you know, who's going to become the first king over Israel? And uh, we were told way back then, man looks on the outward appearance, but we need to look at the heart. We need to look at character. Don't go by appearances. Don't go by how flashy uh, somebody is or how he looks or how much money he has or, you know, all these outward superficial things. In fact, back in America, the Founding Fathers made it quite clear that character was the real test of whether somebody was uh, uh, qualified to uh, hold office. You know, that was their main criteria. Are you a person of integrity? Do you have various... Uh, values and virtues and and, and a godly character. That's what they looked to, and they were simply following what so many uh, biblical passages talks about, right? Righteousness, exalting a nation, and so on. And uh, ungodly rulers uh, bring a reproach to people, and so on, sin and the like. So in God's eyes, it's very important. So we do have to look beyond the appearances and try to get down both to policies, what parties believe, but also the the character of those running. Well, Bill, we're on the eve of the election uh, and we're running out of time for our conversation today. Uh, Let me ask you, uh, are you prepared to make predictions? And I think if you were looking at all of the newspaper headlines, Mm. almost all of them, they're all saying the coalition, but uh, uh, is that your prediction as well? Oh, look, uh, I'll probably go with that. I think the coalition will get back in, maybe lose a few seats on the way. I mean, I live here in Victoria, and the Labor Premier, Dan Andrews, has done a great job of ensuring that the coalition will get back in with his treatment of the CFA and other things. He's really, there's a lot of angst here at the moment with Labor. So he's done a great job of uh, making Bill Shorten's job a lot harder. So, yeah, I, I think... Uh, the way things are going, uh, we'll see the coalition back in. 
Well, Bill, look forward to getting some insights from you next week on the other side of the election. Mm. And uh, I want to thank you very much for taking some time to share these thoughts with us today here on 2020. I'll point people to simply Google Culture Watch or Bill Muhlenberg, and you'll find Bill's latest insightful articles on his Culture Watch website, which I might say has a new look and uh, looks pretty good to me, Bill. Congratulations on the new look website. Many thanks. Okay, we'll talk soon. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.